There's an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal this week written by the film critic, and it traces, he traces how we could have Christmas without Jesus in our films and things. Why we could have a miracle on 34th Street and we could have an experience of Santa and all these different things, and yet it be completely separated from the birth of our Savior. And it's a fascinating thing, says he starts actually with one of the most Christmassy experiences that we all could imagine, the story of a Christmas carol. Ebenezer Scrooge visited by three ghosts and all of a sudden is awoken to the spirit of Christmas. And yet at the end when he has this epiphany, when he has this realization, and he throws open the window and screams to the little boy, boy, what day is it? And he says, why, it's Christmas Day. He doesn't say, what are the mass times at the local parish? He says, go and buy stuff. And it's kind of an interesting thing that all of a sudden, boom, it became separated. And it's tra he traces it through. And, and we see this all over. It permeates the, the culture. How many of your neighbors who do not profess any religion have a Christmas tree and are exchanging gifts? And all of it seems to make sense. I must confess that I have to fight back pretty hard cynicism at this time of year. I have to fight it back pretty hard because it's easy for me to be tapping my fingers and drumming my, uh, and tapping my foot and drumming my fingers and saying, what? Now, it's true, it's an honest in injustice, I think, to our Lord to which I react. But the reaction cannot be cynicism. It needs to, if we're going to evangelize, if we're going to help people understand that what we celebrate in two days is God coming in flesh, being born in a manger, being coming to us, not just to be born, to walk among us, but to take all of our sin, to take the effects of sinfulness, even death itself, and nail it to a cross. That's what their opening prayer. For forth we beseech thee, that Lord, thy grace into our heart, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ your Son was made known by, may by the power of his death and resurrection, bring us to eternal life. That the whole story of Christ all hangs together. And so it is that we hear on this fourth Sunday of Advent the, the story of the visitation. Mary, is, Mary has said yes in absolute trust to the whole unfolding of salvation history. The angel says, the Lord is upon you in the power of the Most High. And she says, let it be done to me according to thy word. The amazing trust which she exemplifies in that moment. And then in the freedom of trusting in God, her first response is to go out and to help her kinswoman. Elizabeth, who's an old lady, and she's pregnant. Now, there are no old ladies here I can see right now, but imagine if we were and she walked in pregnant. You'd be like, wow, that lady's got a lot on her plate right now. And in she goes to serve her. Mary, is, and the response to Elizabeth and John the Baptist with whom she is pregnant is they leap for joy. They sense in Mary the Christ bearer. That is who Mary is first and foremost. The mother of God is Christ bearer, one who bears Christ into the world. 
And this is not a singular grace just for our Blessed Mother. And so if we're going to say, how do we proverbially put Christ back into Christmas, is first realize you and I that we will be Christ bearers. That Jesus Christ is truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. And we receive and we say, yes, Lord, I am, like Mary, going to bring Christ into my family this day, into my Christmas dinner this year. I'm going to live in the trust of Mary and not lest stress and anxiety be the favorite hymn of my Christmas time. It's going to be about freedom and joy. But something else is remarkable that's going to happen. The people in your family whom you love dearly and don't go to church are going to go to church in two days, most likely. It's a remarkable opportunity that suddenly at 4 p.m. Christmas Eve, we will have about 1,100 people in this church and simultaneously about another four or 500 in the gym. That's 1,600 people are just at one time going to Mass. And so what do we have in this opportunity? Well, I pray God and I ask you to pray that he may anoint me to preach a word that would touch a heart. But I'm not the only one who's called to be the Christ bearer in this opportunity. Is to pray also for yourselves that you may find the right words that would, that would say, what about that experience that might light a fire? Pray for the, the courage of the Holy Spirit to perhaps next Sunday invite someone to Mass with you. To say, you know, Christmas is not over. Let's continue to celebrate it. Let's not let the party end. Let's celebrate the Holy Family next weekend. The power of that gift. Oh, we say, oh, we're going to go New Year's Eve to Christmas Mass and just ask for the blessings for the new year. We all know that proselytization, that judgment is not the method that works with people who are away from God, yet believe in him. And yet the nuance of each and every conversation that you and I have, I can't give you the words for that moment, only the Holy Spirit. And God did say, I will give you the words if you trust me. I will give you the words if you truly believe that like Mary, you are bearing Christ into your Christmas. We need to throw up the windows, brothers and sisters, and not say what day is it. We need to say it is Christmas Day. Let's go to Mass. And then invite those people who are tasting the Eucharist, perhaps not prepared to do so, and yet that Christ can come alive in their hearts. But you and I must be the ones you and I must be the ones. I will preach the words on Christmas Day, and you must continue the homily through how you love them the rest of that day, the rest of this week. We have a chance and opportunity this week, brothers and sisters, to bring the two back together, Christ and Christmas. Praise be Jesus Christ.